Mystery Minnesota is an original fiction podcast from Adventures in Creativity Productions. Call it an anthology of strange stories, mysteries of a punishing land, and the people that call it home. And these stories impacted one man's life in a way he never anticipated. Believe them or don't. But remember, these stories are told in order, so make sure and start at the beginning. Don't worry, we'll be here whenever you catch up. Welcome to Mystery Minnesota. You know, life is just pretty strange. Seems to be filled with puzzles and challenges, and sometimes all of those challenges seem to have no actual solution, no matter how hard we try to solve them. But you know, we as people, we're hardwired. You know, we seem unable to step back and let things go. We're baited into thinking foolishly that if we just push forward, we'll be able to figure out the puzzle in front of us and fix everything. It isn't until later that we realize, had we just stepped back, we could have made our lives a whole lot better. By pushing through, working hard to try and solve that puzzle to fix things, we succeed in only making things worse for ourselves and Worse yet, sometimes worse for those around us. Well, friends, whoever's listening, I hope somebody is. I'm sure by now you have some idea of what's coming, and believe me, it's not quite what you think, and I'll fill you in on the rest of Roger and Jimmy's story soon enough, but first I need to change things up a bit. Kind of detour for just a moment as we talk about this story. You see, the story of the brothers Pitsy was a, a pretty major turning point for me in my search for Mystery Minnesota, and It was one of the first moments on this journey I began to feel real seeds of doubt, seeds of concern, not just for myself. You know, I I wasn't concerned for just my own well-being, but for that of those closest to me. I never did marry, I've got no kids, no one to pass my legacy on to, whatever that means. No. All I had was my brother. Those decades of memories, adventures, both big and small from yesteryear. Sure, we had some rough times, but the good times far outweighed the bad. Even uh, that one time when we came to blows because he had stolen my car for a booze cruise with his friend and ended up piling it into a tree. Can you believe it? I had never been so furious with him. Not just for stealing and then trashing my car, which obviously I was irate about. I mean, I had worked hard to save up and buy that thing. Took me a long time, but I was more furious 
and scared to be honest because he did something so incredibly stupid and nearly lost his life in the process. Mm, you know, I, I, mm, I can remember the rage I felt burning deep inside as I, I thought of him making that mistake. It was just so dumb. And as I thought of him taking the one thing I always knew I could count on in life. Had things gone another way, he would have been robbing me, not only of my car and trashing those material beings, but he would have been stealing my best friend in the world, all because he selfishly wanted to have a good time. Man, it makes me mad people can be so stupid. Of course, years later I realized he wasn't just trying to have a good time. He was rebelling against everyone in our lives that always treated him like he was somehow just my shadow, a ghost of his big brother. And for better or worse, he was determined to step out of that shadow. Now it's funny, like, like Roger said as I left that first night, stupid kid thought he knew it all. Hmm. Yeah, he, even that memory had faded rarely servicing, maybe once every few years. All the good times, the adventures, and crazy exploits we had survived, that wonderful laughter of joy and getting away with it and, you know, looking life in the eye and telling it to, uh, what do the kids say these days? Uh, hold my beer. <laughs> we had some wild ones, but, you know, even those times had faded away to, a. A general sense of brotherhood and invincibility, like there was nothing we couldn't conquer as long as we tried to conquer it together. The fear of losing all that, of him taking that away from me because of a stupid desire to prove himself. Hmm. Like I said, I don't think of it often, but when I do, it just... I don't know, it, it breaks my heart and it, it makes me angry at the same time. It's, it's confusing. Anyways, thinking back, I'm remembering all those odd little moments, totally unremarkable to anyone else, but the types of little quirks that stand out enough to remember. And even those, the sharpest of the memories, they feel like trying to squint and capture the last rays of sunlight after it's dropped below the horizon. It's there, but barely. Ever so fleeting, it's, it's, it's that moment when you try and look directly at it, you can't see it. It's only in the periphery of your vision that you can just make out the details. <sighs> Anyways, all those memories so quickly vanishing. I suppose, where were we? Let's, uh, let's get back to Roger and Jimmy. Roger, who was determined to prove his worth as an outdoorsman. That's right, that's about where we left off. So, a few days later, back in the comfort and quiet of Roger's home, he picked up his tail. Something was, was different about him, though, when we sat there. He, he seemed distracted. It's, uh... I don't know, if I hadn't seen his cold stoicism up close and personal, I, I guess I would have believed he was agitated. 
He almost had that look as if he was spooked or maybe it was just that he was feeling the haunted weight of the next part of this story. I don't know. Fair warning though, friends. The next part of this story may get a bit heavy, a, a bit graphic. I'll try and keep it as clean as I can, but well, look, I already told you about the article I found, how Jimmy doesn't make it out of this story alive, so you know that already. I told you about how some sort of wild animal attack would leave him in rough shape until he made the journey to the great wilderness beyond. I knew that myself as Roger told me the story. I thought I was ready for what I was about to hear. Maybe it was hearing Roger, that commanding and respected voice, those steely eyes and calm demeanor. Maybe it was hearing him tell me his story as he broke all over again. The pain and regret of what had happened bursting through, sharing the crushing blow of loss that forever changed and scarred him, transforming him to a man that could have been made of granite. It might have been that. But Roger's tale, much like old Zeke in the fog, hell, maybe worse than old Zeke, sent wave after wave of terror, of warning, of pure sadness and fear pulsing through every inch of my body, dripping from nerve endings, pleading with me to walk away while knowing it was already too late. So I pushed on, I tried to solve that puzzle. You know, back when I first started telling you guys this story, I mentioned that I never had any desire to seek out things like Bigfoot or UFOs or anything like that. Sure, they're, they're fascinating stories. A lot of fun playing what if and, and imagining the, the possibilities. You know, who knows if there's any truth to them. Most likely the legends were created by someone that saw something they just couldn't explain. So they did their best to navigate their fear-soaked mind. It's not hard for that squishy pink mass between our ears to play tricks on us when we try and remember accurate details of something that truly shocks us. But it might be, just might be, that those legends are real. And because that possibility exists, it's why I've never cared to search them out. Think about it. If you went searching for Bigfoot and actually found one, what then? Would you try to capture it? Confront it? How would you prove it? What would you do if you actually found a Bigfoot? It's a giant ape-like creature that's remained mystical and hidden for who knows how long. I mean, you think it's going to just come along peacefully, following the scent of your beef jerky? I doubt it. More likely, it'll leave you as a threat and rip your arms and legs off before dragging you into some demon-fueled nightmare plane of existence. Or, you know, okay, I get it. Maybe that's a little extreme, I know, but even best-case scenario, you'll never be able to convince people what you saw was real. No matter what proof you have, short of killing one and putting it on display for the world to see, you'll be ridiculed and talked about as one of those people. And let's not forget to mention that even if you did manage to capture or kill it, 
you'll be villainized by some group or another that will paint you as the monster for not just leaving the poor creature be. So, to me, it's best to just let the legends be. Problem is that sometimes the legends, well, they come to you and you don't have a choice, much like with Roger and Jimmy. So as Roger tells it, it was only a few days after they found that rabbit, freshly torn apart and stinking of blood and peppermint, that they decided to head back out into the woods and try again with their big hunting adventure. They spent that day exploring the familiar woods closer to home at first, taking note of where they'd find a deer rub or scrape as the early stages of the rut were starting to kick off. Eventually, discovering a few new places past the previous edge of their knowledge, expanding their woodland range as they kept each other company and enjoyed a beautiful fall day. Along the way, they managed to shoot a few birds as well. It was partridge season, so it was exactly what was needed to forget about that sick feeling of peppermint-scented, mangled animal corpses. To forget that there was something sinister and vile stalking these woods. And it was enough of a distraction that they stopped looking over their shoulders. They stopped sniffing the air every so often. Coming home late that afternoon, excited to show off the grouse they had bagged, they flooded their dad with their day's adventures in the newly discovered hunting area they had explored. Of course, he already knew about where they'd been, but he let them finish telling him anyways. You know, you don't spend your life in an area without putting on some miles and exploring all that you could in the woods. But when they were done proudly describing where they'd been and what they'd seen, Mr. Pitsy pretended to vaguely remember someone telling him about a great little spot just a little further west from where they had been. He let him know how you had to follow the edge of a big stand of white pine until it met the river, and then from there follow the river northwest a bit more and you'd find an old shack. Now what he didn't tell him was that the old shack was actually a three-sided warming shelter along the winding cross-country ski trail that cut through this country. He'd let them discover the trail and the warming shack for themselves. It's how his dad had taught him about the woods and it's an important lesson about what to remember if you ever got turned around up here. This area, while pretty remote, had some great natural borders. The river to the north and the west, the ski trail to the west and the south, and the highway to the east. If you got turned around, you may be in for a bit of a hike, but if you just picked a direction and kept walking, you'd find yourself in one of those areas that would then lead you home. But they had to learn that for themselves. With the seed of this mysterious old shack planted, Roger and Jimmy were back out searching and exploring the very next weekend. It was one of the longest weeks of school they'd ever had. Waiting to go explore once again made the days drag by slower than Christmas Eve ever had. There's a pull in the fall to get back out in the woods, and especially when those days are nice, the leaves are turning, and there's that freshness in the air. It is pure torture being stuck in a classroom, looking at it all happening through a window. Eventually the weekend came, and explore they did. 
They found that shack all right. They found the ski trail. More importantly, they learned the lesson their dad had hoped to teach them. On their travels, Roger shot a few more birds, and after a long day, they headed back for home. Another successful day in the woods, full of great memories and fun as October ended and November loomed ahead. It was, in short, a perfect day after an excruciatingly long buildup the week before. They were nothing but smiles, but that fun was all but forgotten when they turned the last corner of the trail nearing home. They had no warning. The smell crashed into them like a train off the rails. Peppermint, sickly strong and mixed with the now familiar stench of fresh blood. They froze. Jimmy puked and Roger slowly turned around, gun raised to his shoulder without thinking as the realization hit him. The wind was at their backs as they walked the trail home, which meant the smell was coming from behind them, which also meant they had just walked by whatever was killing these animals. Roger didn't need to go look. He knew what he'd find. Another rabbit or squirrel torn apart, stinking that awful, sickening stink. Trouble was, they hadn't seen or heard anything as they walked, just seconds before rounding the bend in the trail. There was nothing there, so he slowly crept back. Jimmy, gagging still, was practically hugging his back as they went. He was scared. Roger was too. But you think he's gonna show that to his little brother? <laughs> Not a chance. There, in the middle of the trail they had just crossed seconds before, lay a white-tailed deer. Body ripped to shreds, but still alive, its head was fighting to rise. It was in pain, but it was still alive. As its life spurted and sprayed the fallen leaves and coated the trail, its eyes wide with pain and terror locked on Rogers, and he saw it there. Like sunlight reflecting off a mirror far in the distance, a shimmering in the space in the few feet between him and that suffering deer. The spray and mist of blood seemed to hang on or cling to something that was there, but not quite at the same time. He saw it only for an instant and without thinking, pulled the trigger. The air erupting in a spray of blood as the dying deer caught the blast full in the face. The shimmer fading and disappearing as the gun bucked and barked in response. Jimmy couldn't help himself. He ran, ran at a dead sprint to the house. The spray of blood covered him as he was still gagging and trying to catch his breath. He told his dad everything. And before Roger could even get back to the house, his dad met him on the trail, saw the deer Roger had just shot, and with his ear firmly twisted between his thumb and finger, marched Roger back to the house to accept his punishment. Mystery Minnesota is an Adventures in Creativity production written, produced, and performed by David Swiduck. You can find out more about the show and all of the others at AICpod.com. 
If you're enjoying what you hear, be sure to reach out to us on social media by following at AIC Stories on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or, of course, you can email us via the contact form on the site. If you want to support the show and help more people discover and uncover the mysteries we're exploring, you can leave us a review or, most importantly, share Mystery Minnesota with your friends. Look, no matter where you hang out, be it Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or Instagram, word of mouth is still the best thing you can do to help support life here in Mystery Minnesota. So don't be shy. Let people know what's up. Of course, we'd love it if you checked out all of the other storytelling fun happening with Adventures in Creativity Productions as well. So while you're at AICpod.com, go ahead and explore all of the other content right there. You can get all of the great projects like Faded Words and Adventures in Creativity in one convenient place by subscribing to AIC Stories in the podcast app of your choice really is the best way to keep up with everything we have coming up for you on Adventures in Creativity Productions. But if you only want to follow the story of Mystery Minnesota, you can find us under Mystery Minnesota in your podcatcher or at anchor.fm slash mysteryminnesota. So get yourself all caught up and stick with us because there's more to the story here in Mystery Minnesota. <laughs>